ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the EWC regular season finale preview. No Jordan Lorenz today. I'm Drew Skyberg, and you guys know the drill. We're talking EWC football. That means we got Mr. EWC himself on, Robert Schimmick from EWC Sports. And Robert, how you doing? But first, before I, I you answer that, we just watched the dreadful ending to the Brewer game. Very sad stuff, but I'm still going to ask you, how you doing? You know, I'm actually doing great. Um, yeah, it sucks the Brewers lost, but... You know, I got we got some exciting football this week, and we got some exciting stuff to talk about. So I won't let that damper the show. Yeah, indeed we do. But and yeah, enough about the Brewers. We'll we'll talk about that on Monday's episode, episode thirty-two. But we got some good EWC football action coming up for Week Nine, and it's it's as good as it gets. It really is. We'll we'll leave the game of the week for the end, which you guys by now you guys will know what it is, and. Let's get into it right away here, Robert. First, we're going to start with October 15th. That's Friday. That's week nine. And we got New Holstein visiting TR. So that's going to be an interesting game with TR coming in. TR is five and three. New Holstein is four and four. And both teams have the same conference record. So this this game is basically for third place in the conference. So, I, I, I mean, that's basically what this game has for implications. And a little bit for playoffs as well. I, I, with New Holstein loses, Robert, do we still see them getting in at four and five? Um, yeah. I, right now, I believe they're projected to make it in Travis Wilson's um, projected uh, playoff appearance or playoff berth, teams with playoff berths right now. Um, yeah, this game, I mean, there's three games that really matter this week, and this game really matters. I think I'll be very interested to see because – Two Rivers, it's been a tale of two seasons. A switch flipped halfway during the season, and they uh, they look like as good as any team that's playing right now. And uh, New Holstein, um, they've been a little bit of everything this year. Uh, still going to play great defense. But, yeah, I I don't know. I, I just think if if New Holstein loses, because right now Valders has a spot in the playoffs and really, it's looking like whoever's going to win between Valors and Chilton's going to get in. So New Holstein, it would appear both of those New Holstein will get in because they're going to be in D five. Even if they lose, it'll still be very close, and they could easily be one of the first teams out. But that that'll very late Friday night and Saturday morning. That'll be a situation to keep your eyes on. Yeah, it really will. And we'll talk about the Valors and Chilton game later. Um, who do you see winning this game? I got TR. I, I think it'll be a closer game, but I got TR. I mean, Chase Mathias, can't say enough about him. He has a shot for over 2,000 yard, rush, yards rushing this year. And against this tough New Holstein defense, he might get it. He might not, but it'll be close. Oh, yeah, give me two rivers. Um, and not to take any shots here, not to say anything, but I'm I'm sell, I'm uh, I'm buying that Chase Mathias is getting to that 2,000-yard mark. Um not to say that any of his stats are overinflated, but they kind of are. Um, they're gonna they're gonna make sure he gets that, and Chase Mathias deserves it. You know he deserves getting that 2,000. He's been running like a beast this year. He's the best running back in the conference. He does it all. He does it all on defense. He's a great leader for that team. He's the face of their team. He definitely deserves getting that uh, 2K rushing yards, um, and he'll be over at all-purpose yards. Um, or rushing and receiving yards. He'll be over it anyways, but 
yeah, no, he he definitely deserves it. I I really hope he gets it. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I agree. Good for him. Go chase Matthias, and he he's had such a phenomenal sophomore season. It's crazy. We I just said he's a sophomore, so he's got two more years left in the EWC to wreak some havoc. But we'll move on to the next game here. Keel visiting Ron Colley, and this game. I, I Keel sitting at four and four. So I'd assume with a win, they they'd be in at five and four. Not, not sure necessarily, but Ron Colley, I mean, it, it, it's been a tough year, 22 points score, 276 allowed. And they're sitting at the zero and eight record and just not looking good. Um, this should be an easy win for Keel. And yeah. So I, I back to the playoff implications here, Robert, you think, I mean, we, we'd assume Keel wins this game. They'd be in at five and four then, right? Well, I don't think they'll be in just because they'll be three and four in conference, so yeah. they won't win. They won't have a winning record because non-conference doesn't yeah. matter at all. Yeah, and um, so I mean it'd be close, but they are in D four. As I looked, we we mentioned earlier, right now Valders has projected a a playoff team, and Chilton has the same record. So if the tiebreakers hold out, what Travis Wilson thinks. Chilton or Valders, whoever wins that game will be in. It does not seem that way for Keel in Division Four. You know, there's more teams. The tiebreakers don't play out the same way. So unlike two New Holstein or Two Rivers, it's not really winning. You're in. A lot of stuff would have to go right, and Keel's going to win. That's not. I mean, Valders is way better than Ron Colley, and Valders proved that they're they beat Keel last week. But Rakali's just not even close to Valders. So I don't I don't see how Kia loses, but you know, yeah, they'll be allowed to sit by their computers tight Saturday early Saturday morning, late Friday night. And I I don't know. I don't I don't think they will get in. Yeah, I, I based on what you said, I mean it makes sense based on the division they're in. And let's move right into the next game here. This game would be the game of the week in any other week, but um just just how certain implications, how how things happen, it's not. Valor's going to Chilton for the Battle of 151, Highway 151. And Valor's, if they win this game here, I mean, like you said, you, you mentioned it, Valor's wins there in. If Chilton wins, they're most likely in as well, which this is going to be a good game, I think. And both these teams are pretty evenly matched here, uh, both sitting two and four in conference. And, yeah, this Valor's team, they've only put up 71 points this year, and they've allowed 195. Both of those are the – set like, for the – Points scored, that's the second least in the conference. Ever points allowed, it's second most. So interesting with this Valors team here. But the, yeah, they're coming off a big win against Keel. So who cares about that? And yeah, they just got to keep the momentum up. If they can win this game, like you said, they're in. And I, I, who do you think wins this game here, Robert? So I definitely think this is a close game. And, you know, I've in the last 15 minutes here, I've kind of went back and forth both ways. I'm still not 100% sure, but I, what I do know is I think these are two, two underrated teams. You know, they're not, they're not to the level of the top four teams of the conference. We, we've seen that over the course of the year. But Valders, you got a guy in uh, Schamberger on the defensive side of the ball. Holy smokes. That dude can tackle. He can hit. He's the best tackler in the conference. He's probably the best. He's the best defensive player in the conference. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of projecting Chilton likes to throw. So if Chilton's going to win, Alex Breckheimer's got to be on his game and he's got to be dialing up passes and he's got to find um, Warren Wilcox and Zach Hallbach 
they got to find those two guys down the field. And, you know, he does like to run Alex Breckheimer. I noticed that he does run pretty well. I mean, he's a great athlete. He's a, he's, he's a top 10 player in this conference, but Schamberger too. I think if he, they shadow him, they don't let him run. They make it havoc. He did throw four interceptions against Brilliant just a week ago. So I think if others can get, get him pressured and get him running around and force him to do some stuff, that's where it could go on the other side though. Chilton, like I said, they have in spurts passed the ball very well. Their defense actually kind of impressed me when I watched them last week against Brilliant. Brilliant's, you know, not known for their great offense, but they they are the second highest scoring in the conference. Um, I, I just think this one, it's one of those things where who makes the plays in the second half and who just makes the bigger plays in the game? Like we saw Valders last week, they returned to kick. They returned to punt deep into Keel territory. They had a trick play where I think Jeffrey to Cole Holvey on a toss pass. They just made some plays like that that were just bigger in the end, and their defense did just enough to only give up two scores to Keel, and then they won the game. So I just think those plays in the end, whoever makes one more of those, not trick plays, but just big uh, game-changing plays, that's who's going to come out on top. Yeah, and I can totally go with that too here, Robert. Um Hopefully this Valor's offense, they can get something going, keep keep the momentum going here, and hopefully they get some good stops out of, out of their defense as well. You mentioned Schamberger, and he's he's come a long way. I mean, last year he showed some great flourishes. It's just, just an incredible defensive player, and this year he had the full season at linebacker to really display that, and he's he's done it all. I mean, there, there's a lot of great things you can say about him, and I think – Look, I mean, just looking at stats and like, I, I think he should be conference defensive player of the year. I mean, we're not doing the awards yeah, show yet. Don't we'll, we'll probably say that for another episode, but right now he's my defensive player of the year. And I even, I mentioned in preseason as a sleeper here. So I, I think, I think it's him right now, but let's move on to the game of the week. And this game, oh my goodness, this by this game is just, it doesn't get any better than this. It really doesn't. We got the what is it? The seven and one brilliant lions heading to Kohler to face the eight and no KLC chargers. And this game decides who's the winner of the Eastern Wisconsin conference in 2021 for the football season. And it's, it's going to be crazy. I, I don't know who I have winning this game, Roberts. And I, we know you as the big brilliant fan. So what, what do you got on brilliant here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm from Brilliant. I played in Brilliant. And, you know, I'd like to see them win, but I really think it's anyone's game. And remember, whoever's listening to this, if you already haven't, you got to go vote for the Quick Trip uh, Game of the Week. You know, not just to promote those two teams, but as a conference. And if you want to check updates during the game, Travis Wilson, uh, the best media coverage reporter, we'll call him, in the state of Wisconsin for high school football, will be there giving you videos, updates interview who knows he'll just be giving you updates the whole game so vote that game so we can get those updates right now uh monroe and edgewood is beating them by about 55 50 votes so tomorrow will be a big day it's the last day you can vote just do that right now but yeah this game i've, I've thought about it for a while and um i i've really there's so many there's so many aspects and there's so many um, variables 
to this game that can go either way that just changes the game. Uh, does Kohler get up early, forcing Brilliant to try to pass and get frantic and try to do stuff that they're not used to? Does Brilliant slow the game down and get Kohler all excited, get a force a turnover, get them all, you know, behind early? My thought in this game is everyone is looking at the 49-odd points KLC's scoring every week. Everybody's looking at the two touchdowns Brilliant's given up in conference all year. I'm not looking at either of those things. I'm looking at the other side of the ball. What will Brilliant's offense do in this game, and what will KLC's defense do? Because I think whoever plays better in those sides, if Brilliant can play better offense than that KLC defense, they're going to win the game. Because we both know Brilliant will make plays on defense and KLC will make plays on offense. But I think if Brilliant can come out here, um, put up – they're strong. They got all their players healthy. You know, when they played Keel, when they played New Holstein, when they played around Collie, their two running backs, their best two running backs were not healthy and were not playing offense. Actually, when they played Keel, just for the first half they were, the second half they weren't. They were not playing on offense, so the offense was not as fluid, but they're, they're in a rhythm now. They had two games now where they were playing together. So that's my thing. If the brilliant offense can score high 30s, low 40s, like they have shown they can all season. And, you know, last year, I know they didn't have Michael. They scored 55 on KLC last year. But they can score up there. Brilliant, I like Brilliant. If Brilliant struggles to score and has to play from behind, I like KLC all day. I'm not going to come out and make a prediction just because whatever I do, I'm sure it'll be wrong. Whatever I do, I'm sure I'll get a bunch of hate for it. And maybe I should make a prediction, but right now I I, I just can't. Like, what, what are your thoughts? Like, what do you – anything to add to that? Yeah, I want to add something to that. And at the end of this episode, I am going to make you make a prediction. As much as you don't want to, I'm going to make you, but – um, right now, what I was thinking, I was thinking kind of the same way you were like, we know brilliant brilliant's the more aggressive team than KLC by far. And I mean, last year I, we mentioned Robbie Michael wasn't there, but brilliant took it to them and they, they really did. And just, uh, if this KLC defense can just step up against, just stop the run against brilliant and try to force them to pass. And I, I like, I don't know. I like KLC and I like brilliant here. I like them both, both incredible teams this year and i'm just my concern with klc though is just how how aggressive are they going to play i mean how like this this is team they had one senior last year so a lot of these guys they were on that team last year were starting last year in that defeat so they they know what it's like and um i i i i'm in the same way you are right now robert i don't know who wins this game um i could see brilliant winning it I can, I can really do it, but I can also see KLC maybe winning in a shootout, which might sound bold there, with even though it's Brilliant's defense. But, yeah. Um, so I'm going to let yeah, you go first. I, I, I'll, I'll just break down the game a little more. I mean, assuming we have time. Yeah, of course. But there's a couple things that just I've watched. I think I've watched two games. I've watched the TR game that KLC played, and I watched the New Holstein, a little bit of the New the start of the new Holstein game. So I watched that one full game against two rivers in KLC fans, KLC players would probably tell you that's their worst game just because it was the closest. But I think earlier in that, early in that game, 
TR, they got on him early. TR was winning, and then it was a tie game, but TR ran the ball really well. Obviously, they got Matthias, but they ran the ball and controlled the ball for a long period of time in that game. And then when KLC did get it, they had a lot of penalties. Um, they obviously had a lot of offense, a lot of great plays. They came back to win. But I was just surprised at how much they use. Obviously, I see it in the stats. But how much they really use Robbie Michael running and how much they throw just that bubble screen to Gerdakis. I knew they threw it a lot to him. But I was just surprised that they're not throwing it farther down the field. And maybe you will see that this week. Maybe they've just been saving stuff. They don't need to do it against some inferior opponents in the EWC. But that was just a couple things that I saw. So obviously, Brilliant, they're one of the best running teams in the conference. They have, I think, six different running backs. Well, they do have, they have five different running backs and their quarterback does run from time to time. So it's, you know, Sam Galoff doesn't have big numbers like we maybe did last year. He doesn't have these gaudy games that maybe uh, Matthias is having, but he's not carrying the ball a ton. He's going to be fresh. Connor Robic and Stabani are blazing fast. Bennett Olsen, Jaden Bastian, Maverick Knorr carries the ball a little bit too. Those are three other guys that all have a lot of attempts on the season. So you're just going to see a lot of running in brilliant can pass when they have to, but that, that those were a couple things that stood out to me. Um, I'll let you add anything else if you want to. I still got to think of my exact prediction. I might just set a line, and I'm I don't know I don't know what I want to do yet. Okay, and um, what I'm gonna do I'm gonna say it's gonna be a high scoring game. I'm just gonna go straight up and say I think I, I know about Brilliant's defense. I still think it's gonna be a high scoring game. Um, just with KLC's offense, and I think Brilliant will be able to put up points as well. So. I I think if we put up a line, I think that's the best way to do this here. It's too close. So do you want to set a line in and over? I mean, not not that we're um not that we're trying to influence sports books or gamble but like do you want to set an over under as well? Because you think it's gonna be a high scoring game. So Yeah, whatever we set the over for, which I gotta think of something right now, but I, I take the over on that. But I think if we do a line, I think that's fair and I want to hear what your line is right now. <sighs> Put you, you on the spot. You want to hear my line? Yep. You're not going to like this. I might agree with you, so no, let's I, hear it. My line's a pick em right now. Pick em. And I'm not saying that just because I can't decide on a winner because, you know, you know you know who I'm going to pick to win. I'm, <laughs> But there's no – I just, I just see it. There's so many – variables and I think they kind of even out during the game where KLC is going to have some great offensive players they're going to make some mistakes on offense Brilliant's going to control the clock I think good in this game though and I think the Brilliant staff knows that they have to do that so I think you saw Brilliant in the Keel and New Holstein games they had a lot of drives where they sustained and they've made some tough stops on fourth and which, which that's another thing I noticed. KLC's not afraid to go for it. Fourth and 14 at midfield, which is, I love it. I personally love it when teams play aggressive. But that's the also thing. But I just think it's it's too hard to tell. I, 
in the conference like this, when you when you play so many in like weaker teams, then you play at then you play your better teams at different times of the year, and people are injured. You really cannot compare what happened in those games. But actually, so I'm I'm gonna change my line to KLC minus two. Wow, that's gonna okay. be my line. Okay, and I'm just gonna pick a favorite here. You know what? I'm going to go for it. I say Brilliant wins this game. And I say they win it. It's going to be oh, – uh, let's, let's pick a score right now. I say it's going to be something pretty basic. It might be like like 49-42, maybe 49. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go shoot out here, Robert. I'm going to go really bold here. I say Brilliant's going to put up 49 points. It, this might be terrible choice here, but we got to go bold here. And I, I'm going to predict – KLC is going to be able to put some points up and it might not be a shootout like that. And who we'll see, but um, I'm going to so, go with that. Yeah. To comment on that. Yeah. If brilliant scores 49 points, I am taking brilliant a hundred percent just because I don't see how brilliant's defense gives up 50 points. I don't think it's possible when TR when TR gives up 28 and Brilliant scored 41 in three quarters on TR. Yeah. I, it's, I, it's, it's so, if I'm picking a winner, I, I think Brilliant's got him by a score. And it's more like a 28 21 game. Okay. And you know what? Just because Maybe, I think, how about this? I bump I mine down. Yeah. I'm, I hate to interrupt, but I'll bump mine down then. I still think it's going to be a high scoring. Maybe not 49 42, but you know what? I'm thinking both these teams are going to be able to put some points up because I just like how brilliant can run the ball. I'll, I'll move, I'll move it down, but I'm going to go. I'm still going to choose high score. I'm going to go 35, 28. I'm still going to say it's going to be something like that. Some a team's going to win by a touchdown. And I think if it's yeah. not, yeah. And hold on. I mean, a 49, 42 game is in the realm of possibilities. You get a team like brilliant who might have to play some catch up or they have a pick six or, or heck, KLC's got to play catch up where they start slinging it out and all sorts of all sorts of magic stuff starts happening. You definitely could see a score like that. I'm not saying that. I just think in this game, sim like for example, we saw it last year with New Holstein. New Holstein had the game won. I believe the final score was like 51 mm-hmm. 50. That's 52, what I was thinking 51. of. Yeah. So like in New Holstein was very good last year. Like I think New Holstein was a little underrated last year and they didn't get as much respect as they deserved. They, I mean, they were a really good defense. Brilliant escaped with a win against them last year, week one. That's my only thing though. I just think when these two teams clash, there's going to be big offensive plays. There's going to be big defensive plays. And I think I, when it comes down to it, I think Brilliant will just eat too much clock where I don't know if, 49 points is or 50 points is gettable for K KLC, which I don't know. I'll, I'll say this. My last point on the teams, I think what it depends on is what the brilliant offense does. The brilliant offense comes out and is, I mean, not to say they will be, but if they're a little slow, if they, okay, have a three and out right away, if they don't score on that first drive and KLC does, if Brilliant's forced to throw, I like KLC in this one. 
Brilliant's not, and Brilliant is being able to run, and they have that lead, and they have the ball. Give me Brilliant. I just think I just think it's all up to that Brilliant offense, and that's the thing I think people are worrying about the least amount in this game, but I think it has the best impact. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, and I think this Brilliant offense, that's kind of with my, my big score at the start, and I'll my, I mean, both the scores I chose are kind of kind of big scores here. And I just with the brilliant offense, if they're if they're going to be up tempo, if they're going to run the ball, and they're going to be able to just like keep running the ball and maybe sling a few passes, I think they could easily, I think they could put up put up a good chunk of points in this game. But we'll have to wait and see to see how how this game fares and just how brilliant handles KLC and how KLC handles brilliant. So I mean, Robert, you got any other final comments? Basically, we don't know who's going to win and. It's gonna be. It, this is one of the tighter games that we've had to predict ever, and we still don't know who's gonna win. So, anything else, Robert? This, this has to be. Um, since the conference have realigned, I mean, I'm trying to think of a bigger game. There's obviously been maybe closer game or been games just as like evenly matched. Um, KLC. I mean, um, Sheboygan Falls. Keel was a pretty big one a couple years ago. I remember like a Valder's new Holstein one was really close. It came down to the end. I, but that, was that an overtime game when Fletcher Dallas ran that touchdown in or was there? It was homecoming two point conversion to end the game. Okay, it was like, last play of the game. Um, it was 14, 13. And instead of going to overtime for the extra point, they went for two to win it. Wise. Yeah. In, in I, I, I obviously have trouble remembering, um, you know, like, five, six years ago when first the conference started. But in recent history, the past three years, probably this is definitely the most intriguing game that's happened in the EWC. And the reason I really don't want to give a prediction is because I think by Friday it will change several times. I think I will just feel differently when I'm at the game. Like I can't, I can't right. Maybe if it was the day of the game, I could give a better prediction right now. I really haven't watched these teams too close. I have, I've watched KLC one game, probably their worst game. So that's where I don't really like making a projection here, but no, I mean, is for right now, is there anything else you want to talk? I don't I don't know. We probably don't have a lot of more time remaining. You want to keep this short here, but is there anything else you want um, to go over while I'm here? Well, I just want to say one more thing here. I mean, I'm rooting for a good game here. Um, I mean, we had Robbie Michael on the show. I'm a big fan of him. He, he does yes. some great things, of course, on the field. And um, just just he was a great interview as well. So we're definitely rooting for KLC here. I'm rooting for Brilliant. I just wanted to throw out a score to give a prediction. And I'm sure we'll see, you guys will see Jordan's bold predictions for Friday's Instagram. So be sure to comment up there when he gets he gets the prediction wrong because that's always some good fun. But, yeah, I mean, Robert, you want to shout yourself out? Yeah, just obviously – like I said, I think last time we were at about 890 on the EWC page. We're up to 946 in about three or four weeks. And so I think by basketball season, we get that to 1,000. That would be great. That would be pretty cool just starting that up from scratch and getting 1,000 people following it. Um, so that's just EWC underscore sports on Instagram. And yeah, like you said before about the game this week, um, I'm from Brilliant, but obviously I'm an EWC fan. I want a good game. I want a, I want a fair game. I, you know, I don't want anyone to get injured. I don't want anyone to, I want it to be just, I want to come down to the wire and have two teams and see who's the true better team. 
And yeah, big Robbie Michael guy, big Colin Gradakis guy. Um, you know, obviously a big brilliant guy. And there's so much, so many great players in this game. And like Chris Collinsworth always says, boy, are we in for a treat. Indeed we are, Robert. And now it's time to shout out the socials for the podcast. You guys know the drill. Facebook, Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. YouTube, Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. And yeah, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.